Hi, welcome to our podcast, Setting the Table. I'm Ellen Briggs. And I am Mandy Norman. This is our podcast where we are discussing all the things based around a healthy lifestyle for women, talking about weight, talking about exercise, talking about all of that stuff. We're informed by the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. And we actually get to talk to, not just us, because we're, we're comedians and we're women that we really shoot from the hip, literally. We, we also <laughs> eat from the lip. But we, we have great information that comes from our, our chats with Dr. Caroline West. And Dr. Caroline, she's the ultimate celeb doctor. She's been on Ask the Doctor. You would have seen that on the ABC Catalyst. You'll often see a guesting on the project, the drum, um, 60 Minutes, Good Medicine. And, you know, you still probably won't see her on Beyond 2000. And she's just amazing. She does so much work with women in one-to-one consults as well because this has been really the area where she's been the most passionate, Yeah, which is great. So it's great to have not just us raving on about our personal experiences but being able to actually ask an expert yeah. um, who isn't some sort of fad Instagram guru but an an actual doctor, Ellen. an actual doctor, and what I love about her is that she just speaks in plain English. She I know. Just, she she really breaks it down, and you kind of go, yeah, of course, it's that kind of makes reassuring. Sense. Yeah, and as, you, as we're talking to her, we'll talk to her a bit later. But one of the things I was, did, have you ever taken any pills? Like you know, some of the things well, like that's it, a bit personal. That's all, well, I mean, for, oh, for, for weight, weight loss, loss. <laughs> pills. because you know, one of the things about you know, a pill is this kind of idea, isn't it? That I don't have to put any effort in; the I just fix. take the pill. Yeah. Um, I think I might have tried those ones called Fat Blaster once, you know, which I don't even know what they... Did they blast? No, I don't think so. Maybe blasted the toilet or something because a lot of those things just give you diarrhoea, don't they? Yeah, because I think you're supposed to excrete fat. I remember in my early, um, my late teens, early 20s, I used to take... There was a product called MediSlim. Yeah, I do remember that. And it was really... It was full of pseudoethadrine and you were just... It was like basically pharmaceutical grade speed. And I think I used to see truckers come in and get it too. And I thought, wow, he's really worried about his weight. But he was taking it for the same reason I was. I wasn't driving a truck, but I was staying up all night to write an assignment. So yeah, you'd just right. take it and you just wouldn't eat for days. Yeah. But you're a student anyway, so you couldn't eat anyway. She had no money. So that was the only time. <laughs> so they're time. kind of perfect. Yeah, I didn't take it for weight loss. I took it for <laughs> exams. It is, it is a funny thing, though. Because there's a massive industry with those weight loss pills, you know, take this. There's also that prescription one, which which I kind of get. It's for uh, – I remember speaking to my friend who's a pharmacist yeah. and, and it's for people who really do have an obesity issue. But basically you take it and if you eat any – if you have any fat in your diet, you just get diarrhoea. That's awful. So that would really turn you off, I would think eating that, yeah. anything like that. that would. I mean, just horrible. That would be – it would be really horrible. Like you wouldn't want to go through the drive through <laughs> You'd have to really drive through and get home <laughs> very quickly. I always find that the harder thing is for me around this when I do any diet is alcohol. Like I know I should cut back, but I really love that 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock glass of wine. I thought you were going to say that. It was five drinks a no, night. No, no, 5 to 6 o'clock glass How of wine. How many do you have a night, oh, honestly? No. No, I would not have two. Like occasionally I'll either have none mm-hmm. or I'll have about four. Right. And uh, how I'm, many nights a week? Uh, it's more now because we haven't been working as much. So on the nights that I work, generally I might have one or two when I'm out. Yeah. And often if I'm working, if I'm not with you, I won't have a, I won't have anything because yeah. I'm driving home and I don't worry about it. If I'm home on my own or with, with my husband or mm. something, I might have, you know, four glasses of wine, okay. sometimes five. Yeah. Um, and sometimes and does that three. your sleep? Uh, I don't know because my sleep's affected all the time anyway. Right. So it doesn't like it's if I if I had over five, yes. Yeah. Like I would drink far too much for what I'm supposed to, do. but I have days where I don't, 
and then I'll go, oh, six o'clock. It just feels like you knock off time. Yeah. And it is really, I mean, it's not like I want to do yoga. That's one of the hardest things I find is that, is that social aspect of sitting down, having a glass of wine and a chat and going and breaking the day from when you, because when you work at home, from work to home. Yeah. To actual night time. Yeah. To, to try and kind of distinguish between working and yeah, knock no off time. Though. Yeah. I mean, there's all that sort of stuff. We're going to, I think we're going to ask Dr. Caroline about all of that stuff today too. Yeah, because I've actually got some friends who, who take prescription medication and yeah. they really struggle with their weight because of that. Like a lot of prescription medications oh, actually make you, make you put on weight. So, so then you find there's a lot of women who just go, I'm not taking it anymore because my mental health actually gets worse because I'm getting fatter. So I wonder, uh, hopefully she can point us in the right direction for yeah, those sort of things. that's a good point. Because often when yeah. you – and there's also the plateauing that you get to too. Like you get to a certain point and you hit a plateau and you just give up. Yeah. Like you just can't, you know, which is what a plateau is, a long flat area. Yeah. And then with a decline. <laughs> I'm in a plateau at the moment. But I think I, – I wonder if Dr. Caroline will sort of talk about plateaus um, in that I think you start to not be quite so honest with yourself. You know, like I, I – was going pretty well and now I'm in a plateau and I go, yeah, my meals are bigger. I'm snacking a bit more. Yeah, That's maybe, why I'm in a plateau. Maybe you made this plateau. Yeah. Maybe it's you, yeah. you need to get a smaller plateau. Yeah. That's what you my need plateau to needs to be on a well, little bit of an incline. Let's give her a call. Let me give call her a buzz her and see whether. Um, I mean, wouldn't it be good, though, to have a miracle drug for anything? Like, you'd have to do anything, but, you know, it's never going to happen. I don't think it is. It's probably it's Hello. Hello, Dr. Caroline. How are you? I'm well. That's good. Now, look, we've been having a little discussion, Ellen and I, before we chatted to you, really about, we were actually talking about weight loss pills and plateaus and and all that kind of stuff about alcohol and how all that impacts on, on, on weight loss. What's your view on on pills as a doctor, on weight loss pills as, as, a, as a strategy um, for losing weight? Are they effective or are they counterproductive in a sense because you're not changing your behaviour? I think that you've, you've nailed it with their, they can be totally counterproductive because I think what they do is promise a quick fix. So you go into a pharmacy now and they're absolutely inundated with choices around fat burning um, supplements and um, pills that are often caffeine based um, or spice based that promise a, a sort of different pathway ahead of you. And there's no evidence that any of those pills Work if if they did, believe me, it would be kind of implemented <laughs> across yeah. the board in a in a more sensible way. But I think it's all about marketing and about um, offering that sort of alluring spin around. You can change your life. You don't have to do anything. You just have to purchase this. So I think that there have been a lot of um, products that have come and gone over the years. Um, some that have given people sort of full on gastroenteritis, which have made them have diarrhea, which of oh. course mm, in the short we were talking about lose. that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or they're stimulant-based, um, so it suppresses their appetite for just a, a wee while. But it doesn't address the underlying issue of, well, how are you living your life? How, what's your relationship with food like? Um, how are you planning for, you know, your movement and your, your exercise and your shopping list and all of those things that are going to make a difference to allow you to sustain any weight? weight changes that are healthy. Mm. Mm. And surely those ones, you know, Mandy mentioned one way back from the 80s um, called MediSlim. Yeah, MediSlim. I used to take it to do my assignments with for the pseudoethylene in it. And that, oh, know, yeah. that just can't <laughs> be good for you. Well, the, the thing about those pills, and there are still, you know, a version of that around, is that, yes, in the short term you can, you can lose um, 
weight on a stimulant medication, but a lot of the women that used to use it um, for weight loss would find that they'd feel quite anxious and antsy, and then they were often using at night a sedative to sleep because they were so wired. So it created this ridiculous cycle of a stimulant in the day and a sedative at night. Yeah. Um, and, and once again, of course, it switches your appetite off and you do things differently and you get a, a surge of weight loss, but it's, it's whether that's going to A, be healthy for you and B, be something that you can implement long-term, and the answer is no. So yeah. I understand that some doctors will prescribe certain medications to give people a kickstart, but in general, people are, are far better off just trying to implement some changes that they know they can they can keep going. Some small, that are not stimulant based. Yeah, mm. some small changes to start. I mean, the problem with a lot of those is too. Like for someone like me, who who is very habitual, if I have those habits of okay, this is the time where I eat, and this is the time where I reach for a biscuit and all that sort of stuff. No pill's going to stop me putting that biscuit in my mouth, <laughs> unless it's a real big pill and it's stuck in my throat, <laughs> or it's shaped like a biscuit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I, I don't, I don't, I oh. can't imagine them ever working to someone Caroline, like me. I just remembered, I just remembered a diet <laughs> from my mother's era that would that would help Ellen. Remember the limits diet? A limit? Oh was yeah, the what was bis- that one again? Biscuits. I did vaguely. You just ate a biscuit. That was my dream diet. You just ate all biscuits. I just forgot about Weren't they chocolate? <laughs> you could get chocolate biscuits or I remember my mm-hmm. nana, she loved the limits because she just loved biscuits. And oh, that's idea, me. Three meals a day, all you ate was biscuits. Because <laughs> I love a biscuit. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a biscuit flashback. Um, <laughs> um, we also talked about um, prescription medications, Dr. Caroline, because I have a couple of girlfriends who – really struggle um you know they they have mental illness that they need medication for but Mm. they find that they put on weight with that and so sometimes they just go i can't handle this anymore because it actually makes them more anxious or more depressed because they're putting on weight Mm. um and then Mm. their their doctor might say well you just need to take more of that uh, you know to to kind of balance your, your mental health out is that is that sort of well known that those medications does that happen to everybody or is it just a few people? Well, there are some classes of drugs which are notorious for for weight gain, and one group that comes to mind is the the group that's often used to manage psychotic illnesses. Um, you know, the antipsychotic medications, and they can lead to weight gain that can be ten or twenty kilos, and in some women, and that can be very demoralising because not only are they having to wrestle with managing their mental health, but they've got this unwanted side effects from yeah. medication and some antidepressants will lead to weight gain um you know there there are a lot of different drugs that, that can potentially lead to fluctuations in weight so what i recommend that people do is talk to their doctor about is there an alternative which has less of a weight gaining profile that i could consider and are there some other lifestyle interventions that could be included to minimize weight gain because there are often things that can be done early on to make sure that that you're less likely to gain all of that weight because once that weight's on it it can be hard to lose Mm. and why why do you gain weight is it because it affects your appetite or is it something um just in your body that that holds on to it or something it it affects it in so many ways so it works on a central nervous system basis and it, it can totally you know alter your metabolism your appetite you're often moving less you know people feel a bit more sluggish Okay. Um, so it's it's like so many aspects of your metabolism are tweaked on those those medications, um, and so you know it's it's an awful bind for some people because they feel that 
it's doing them, uh, it's helping to stabilise their mood, which can be a positive because they're able to function um, or work or do the things they want to get done. But the trade-off is sometimes weight, which can be can be very um, dispiriting. Oh, it can be. Mm. Do you know what's also dispiriting is is the plateauing, and I'm finding that. You know, I've sort of made an effort to lose, you know, sort of quite a bit of weight, you know, maybe 18 months ago. And mm. I only have a relatively small amount to lose, about six kilos. Well, that's small for me, about five to six kilos to, to hit where I want to be. And I think it's been like 10 months where I've kind of maintained myself fairly well. Yeah. But I can't, mm-hmm. I, like I just can't. So what does it mean? Does it mean what I'm doing is not working or, you know, you know, because I don't want to be extreme. I'm not going for any ex- anything extreme. Just going for something that's healthy. You know, in that range. You know, for my my height. Because I'm like a six foot tall woman. Well, yeah, I'm are going totally for thirty normal. kilos. Well, <laughs> 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 um, plateaus are pretty healthy, and it's the, it's a form of adaptation. Your body's getting used to the new weight and stabilizing it. Um, so. As long as you're not bouncing straight back up again, a plateau is a good way of your body getting used to the new you. Yeah. What you're trying to do is is allow your body to adjust to being a bit lighter without sort of wrestling with it and and having all those tricks in the book to make you regain the weight. So that plateaus happen, can is that be, what it does? It actually goes, hey, no, this is a big girl yeah, here. Let's get it back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the body sort of certainly um, we know that when people have, have acquired a certain size and then they lose weight, there are often all sorts of mechanisms in place where the body starts to regain that weight. Um, and so a plateau is sort of, in some ways, a success story because you're holding your ground. You, you're maintaining the weight that you've arrived at. And sometimes a small amount of when you're just going for a smaller amount of weight loss, sometimes you'll hit a plateau pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and that's to be expected. So I usually work with people and just give them the sense of, look, a plateau is a positive thing. If you want to get off the plateau, often you need to change something that you're doing. So the things that you might be able to change is things like, you know, the types of foods you're eating or the frequency or we've talked in the last episode about physical activity, you know, mixing up your sessions and throwing in a, a different lineup of um, workouts or, or physical activity sessions so that your body is starting to be surprised and doing something different and therefore your metabolism is going to change. Yeah. Um, even, even playing with your sleep, like sleep is, you know, they talk about the Duna diet, you know, that sleep is actually a big driver of, um, you know, being able to achieve a healthy weight and the less sleep you have, the more likely you are to gain weight. So even looking at the bigger picture can make a difference. Yeah. And so when you do hit that plateau, because – you know, I know there's some things that I've read where they go, okay, well, if you were doing this before and you lost your weight and now you're in a plateau, you need to eat even less now because you're lighter. Is is that true or not? Oh, look, I don't usually crunch it down too much. I think that it's better to sort of shift something else in your lifestyle. It, it might be that you just need to mix it up. I mean, some people um, may increase, you know, something that's like their fruit and vegetables to just make sure they're hitting their targets, which things with things that are filling them up with fibre, making sure that they're, you know, drinking water instead of drinking other other um, liquids that have a lot of calories in them that are energy dense. I mean, often you can just do a bit of a inventory of what you're doing and just double check that there's nothing that's gone off piece a bit. Yeah. And it's something simple that you can get back on track. I know. You I, often don't need to change yeah. everything and be radical. It's just, oh, what can I tweak? It is, it's a tweak rather than a 
a complete redesign. Yeah. In this conversation, I, I know what my plateau is. So I, I drink too much wine, Dr. Caroline. That's and I, I don't want to admit it because I really enjoy it. And and I, I drink over the recommended. I'm not like the doctor says I go two a night, but it's not true. Oh, can I'm, we talk? Can we talk about alcohol with you, Dr. Caroline, and how that yeah. how that can affect us? Does, how does it make you gain weight? Because there's a lot of theories that say that's fine, and other ones that say that it you know that it impacts on your weight in a really and your ability to lose yeah, weight because i love those ones that go yeah one or two glasses a <laughs> night is healthy for your heart i like i like that research <laughs> yeah well that's that's what we were all very excited about with the red wine sort of paradox there was a sense okay well you can drink red wine it's healthy for your heart but that was you know more than 25 years ago and i think we've come a long way in understanding that you know alcohol's a complex drug and you know, it has benefits in in the social arena and the pace and, you know, plenty of people would really like to include some wine in their or some alcohol in their weight management program and that's fine. But I think one of the biggest issues with alcohol is it, it pushes our brain signals into hungry mode. So it stimulates mm-hmm. this part of the brain, certainly in animal studies and we reckon it's the same in people, which, you know, is in the hypothalamus, which increase your appetite. And that then affects how much we eat and affects what we eat. So in other words, alcohol can give you the munchies. Oh, it's true. That's why wow. occasionally at night I bite the cheese and I find the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> we need to tell Dr. Caroline that. Mandy confessed to um, <clears throat> going to bed one night after a big night on the wine and waking up in the morning and looking in the fridge and there was just teeth marks in the block of cheese. <laughs> They, were my, they matched my teeth. Well, who else would do that in your house? Else, I've got kids in there. Someone could have bit the oh, cheese. I don't think they would do that. So embarrassing. Yeah, I yeah. get the cheese. Well, that, that's, that's, a, that's a rock bottom when you bite the cheese. <laughs> well, you know, you, you talk about the, the cheese, but that's the perfect sort of food that we tend to go for. When I mentioned, you know, that alcohol can affect how much we eat and also what we eat, we often prefer sort of fatty food. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, you're never, no you're, never, you're never drunk and going, oh, gee, I'd love a plate of steamed vegetables. I love a salad. Yeah. No, you do no, want something no, like that. Nobody ever has their wine with, you know, usually they don't, with watermelon or, no. or something like that. So it's that it's, we go for that fatty foods. And then as the night progresses, you know, we, we often want not only dinner, but the, the hungry mode is on and we want a snack afterwards. And we find ourselves at one or two in the morning having something else. Biting the cheese. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. This. Caroline, I I do like a glass of wine, but I'm I don't. Drinking has never really been a, a thing for me. I'd I'd rather eat. Um, but when I do drink, I te- I generally would choose something like a vodka and soda with fresh lime, or a gin and soda with fresh lime. Is that better than having wine, or it just doesn't matter? Alcohol is alcohol. Look, I still think when it comes to your health, that alcohol is alcohol. I yeah. think that. Um, you know, that we have to sort of look at the big picture with alcohol. And as I said, plenty of us uh, enjoy a glass of wine and that, that's okay. But we do have to get realistic that actually any type of alcohol is going to increase our risk of things like cancers of the breast, cancer of the gut, you know, the mouth and the, and the, the colon. So it, it's not a neutral transaction. I think we can kid ourselves that this is so healthy. But, you know, there's a trade-off there. So we have to work out, you know, where we're comfortable with drawing that line and they've recently adjusted the guidelines and they forever sort of adjust them down, you know. <laughs> they yeah. never sort of they never sort of go um, turn them up. You know, 
yeah, they never crank New them research, up, so. bottoms up, girls. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so a lot of people are quite depressed about that. But, you know, they, they, they look at the evidence and they go, oh, actually, um, you know, one to two drinks a day, which is units, it's not actually drinks, it's like units of alcohol, um, is probably the amount that's going to um, reduce your risk of having um, an alcohol-related condition. So it doesn't mean it's they're saying, oh, this is a healthy amount to drink. They're just saying if you have one or two a day, you're going to have less of a risk profile. And the thing is that we're drinking, we've talked a bit about portions and supersizing. And what I see is that um, we've, we've gone into the supersized mode with the goblets for wine. So yeah. it's I was out with somebody recently and they had this wine glass in a Chinese restaurant and they'd been given a beautiful bottle of wine for their birthday and they said they started filling up their wine glass with this bottle of wine. And as they were pouring, it honestly looked like the wine was going nowhere and they actually poured an entire bottle of wine, (gasps) 750 mils, into this goblet which was given to us as our wine glasses. And we started getting the giggles because it was sort of like, oh, well, here's my glass of wine that I enjoy a night, you know. Wow. And Yeah, and most uh, wine bars and restaurants will serve you like, you know, roughly 187 mils or 180 mils of wine, which is two standard drinks. So it's just one glass of wine for most of us that actually gets us to that too. So, yeah, and you know, I've, I've noticed um, too in clubs now, you know, we, we often work in clubs, we do our shows in clubs and bars and things, they actually ask you, do you want 180 mils or 250 the, the or whatever? The, yeah, so basically they have two lines <laughs> on the glass so you can get you can get the real big one. Um, and, yeah, of course, people say cool. yes to that. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's dangerous in all sorts of ways, isn't it, because you have, a, have that wine and go there, yeah, I'm fine to drive. And probably most women aren't after drinking that much wine if, that, if they have that wine and then drive. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a supersizing thing that we all sort of think, oh, well, that's just one one drink. And I mean, I, I guess the other thing is that's interesting about the alcohol equation. And you know, as I've said, as a as a as a full revelation of my interest in this, I do enjoy a glass of wine myself. So it's, I've looked at it and I've gone, look, I still enjoy having a glass of wine a few times a week. But I, what I observe with women is that often the reason that they're drinking is to stress. And stress management. That's totally so the reason why I drink. <laughs> Absolutely, I drink because you know, I'm, you know, you, I, you. and also because I work at home, and then I go into the next mode of being in the evening. It's kind of like a transition, and usually I've got heaps of stress from work, with the Mandy, kids. to drunk, Mandy. Yeah, and it's kind of like that you know, <laughs> thing of going. I really like to have a, a just to change gear, and it's it is habitual in that sense yeah. where you go. And I know I, I drink too much. In, in, a, in, a, in a setting like that where you go, I probably, you know, probably, then most of us won't be honest about how much we drink. Mm. And it is stress, like, cause, you know, because I'm not going to crack out the yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> Should I? What can I do? What do you do yeah, well, when I, you I do mean, it like that? Well, I think the first thing is to stalk your habits, to sort of go, okay, what am I actually doing here? And start sort of becoming aware of what you're doing because, especially with COVID times, a lot of people were doing those, you know, online drinks party. Like it, it became people's go-to as a sort of way of winding down at the end of the day. I and mean, a lot of people did it before. But in lockdown, it, as you said, it sort of <laughs> Lockdown people just transition. went, it's, 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 gay, it's game on. <laughs> well, even, you know, even my husband who doesn't, who rarely drinks, 
he was we we had this fabulous fire pit built outside and he was getting the fire going at you know four o'clock and going oh you know is it time for a gin and we would sit around the fire every single night until after after probably a month I said I can't do that anymore even if it's one drink I could feel it you know I felt that my sleep was being disrupted and I just went I can't do that anymore and he was going oh come on it's only one drink and I said you can do it if you want but I also need something special you know so we only did it on Friday and Saturday nights <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's about sort of, you know, even if you start by having a couple of alcohol free days where you go, look, I recognize these patterns. What else could I do on that, um, those evenings, you know? Um, and that often takes a little bit of pre planning. What do you so a lot do, people- Caroline? Just sit there, just sit and look. <laughs> just just be sit, angry. Be angry. What do you do? In that, um, the herbal tea is not going to cut it. No. Don't, yeah, well, <laughs> do you well, go the, out? It, well, I found that, you know, when it was early COVID in particular and we're sort of further through the pandemic now, I did find, you know, that I'd, I'd be really stressed at the end of the day and it was an instant kind of have a glass of wine, shift you, shift gears. But I, like you, went, oh, I seem to be doing this most days. This is not so good. So I just had a little break at the end of the day where I just went for a little walk. It didn't even have to be a big walk, but it just provided a separation between what I've been doing through the day and and what I was about to do in the evening. It was sort of like, a, you know, a sorbet between courses. It was sort of like mm. a, a way of um, just freshening me up a bit. And and I realised that my tending to go for that glass of wine was really becoming a habit. And then, um, you know, it wasn't actually improving my stress. If anything, once I'd had the glass of wine, I felt like doing nothing else. You know, I felt like watching television and then probably eating some chocolate. You know, it, it, was, it had quite a profound knock-on effect my motivation and then the next day, of course, you know, you don't feel like getting up for that early walk. or Because mm, so it does it, affect your sleep, doesn't it? Yeah, so you could just start by even looking at a couple of days a week to see if you can do something Yeah, walking is good. If I can get out and walk, it, it is a real – I can find that's a real gear change because I, I suffer from the thing of – I need something to stop me because I'm so obsessive when I'm, I'll work all night. I'll sit there, keep, I'll keep working. Mm. So my main thing mm. is stress and being able to turn off because if I'm not working, I kind of get agitated and sit there going, oh, well, what are we going to do now? What's up now? I'll put, I've got to clean And if something. you're drunk, you can't work. Exactly. <laughs> so you're kind of good. You don't send emails after a couple of wines. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah. Some, some people do. We've seen them. <laughs> But even, you know, substituting it for a different type of drink. I mean, I remember Ellen, um, in one of the early episodes, he talked about sort of having really nice containers that you pre-prepared some of your, yeah. your snacks to take. And so it's even that ritual around, I know that, you know, nobody feels like a cup of tea, but I've actually found, you know, having a even a long, tall, icy drink that doesn't sort of have the calories, but you've put, you know, limes in it or lemons and you put a whole lot of mint that's sort of there with a whole mm, lot of ice. That's and nice. Like, you yeah. sort of, you sort, you sort of trick yourself into going, this is a treat drink, but actually it's a healthy option. And it just delays that automatic reaching for the alcohol. It just is a circuit breaker. Yeah, and having and then it in a beautiful it, glass. Well, I'm going to do that. a beautiful glass. I'm going to do that um, tonight, I reckon. Yeah. It just is an option. And then if you have something to eat, you might find that then you've derailed that sort of urge to just have the, the drink straight away and make it a little harder to get that alcohol, you know, I don't know, put it away or... Put it in a locked cupboard, Mandy, and, <laughs> you and, give you, and give your daughter the I can, key. I can, I, can, I can have something there and not have it. I'm quite good at it. Yeah, oh. I can. I find having one drink harder. Like I would find having one. I'd rather, I could do none 
easier than I can do one. Like I'm go none because I go, oh, you know, I'll, I'll have three maybe, mm. but it's too much. And sometimes four. I was looking at that and I went, yeah, I'm definitely be in the risky area. But it is something to actually, I can address it. I just don't feel like it. But <laughs> I guess we just got, sometimes you've got to do things you don't feel like, but you do get a benefit. Because I, I do wake, I do get a lot of hot flushes in the night. So, um, yeah. Um, does it have, have an effect on menopausal women? Well, yeah, I, I think that, you know, menopausal women are already dealing with all of that kind of those vascular reactions that we get, which lead us to sort of sweat, you know, our, our sort of surface temperature shoots up and, and our sleep is really disrupted with that. So one of the biggest things with hot flushes is that we just don't sleep. Mm. So if you, if you combine the alcohol with the hot flushes, you, you're definitely not going to sleep. And when you don't sleep, your mood slips. So I think that it's one of those things that's really worth having having a think about i'm totally um, gonna do it caroline i'm gonna yeah. give it a go and apparently i snore <laughs> <laughs> it's not apparently uh you snore mandy when we started touring dr caroline um we you know shared a room once and it was a giant family room do you remember that room mandy it had like six beds in like, it yeah. And I was over in the corner, huddled like a little rat in the corner with about four <laughs> pillows on my head. To cut it and out. And I could still hear her snoring. I reckon the whole hotel could hear, and I just went after that. I don't care the cost. I'm never sleeping in a room with you again. So probably giving up drinking um, or cutting right back will not only be good for my weight management, it might actually, because it's my husband who's losing sleep. <laughs> <laughs> probably more than me. <laughs> Probably good for relationships in the end, isn't it, for that equilibrium? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is. Well, uh, sounds good. Thanks for chatting. I'm actually going to take that on tonight. Um, We're going to hold you to it, Mandy, uh, aren't we, Dr Caroline? We'll come back. We'll, we'll check in with you next week and see how your week's gone. I just said tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for chatting, Dr Caroline. Have a great day. Thank you. See you. Bye. All right, the challenge is on, Mandy. Well, it is. I think I, I sort of feel like doing it because, you know, I sort of was feeling a bit, Ugh. And you don't have to cut it out completely. Like like Dr Caroline said, she enjoys a glass of wine, yeah, you know, a few times a week, but it's it's the excess. And you, and take away the, yeah. the weight side of it. It's all the stuff that it does to your body. You yeah, know. exactly. And take And you know what? It's just getting through. For me, it's getting through. Once I get through 5 o'clock. Yeah, six thirty. It's like an hour and a half. Once I get through that period, so you, happy hour. Maybe go for uh, a walk. I'll call it unhappy hour. Yeah, <laughs> I might just go. I, I could go for a walk, and I also love painting, so I can actually there go into go. my studio That'll and just do a little painting. bit of painting. It just and has that, to be something. That idea of making a nice drink, you know, make a nice drink with yeah. some mint and some lime. Listen to me, like I'm some guru. Sure, with your mint and your lime. Uh, the, I'm all over. I'm all over the <laughs> alcohol thing because it's not my thing. Yeah. If that was a whole segment on biscuits and how to avoid them. <laughs> biscuits. I would be confessing that a, some days I eat four biscuits. A biscuit patch. <laughs> yeah. Like a little biscuit. Yeah. So so really out of that episode, we um we really should be sceptical about any pill that promises any weight loss. I think that's fast true. Rem- you know, they're just not. And and Dr. Caroline made a good point. If they were effective, then they would be used right across the board, wouldn't they? Absolutely. And they're not. And it's I love, snake oil. I love the whole thing about plateaus, that they're actually, you should expect them, don't be disappointed by them, and they're actually good. They're actually a really good that thing. That was actually great. Yeah, I've never heard good. anyone say yeah. that before. They've always kind of been talked about in a negative way, haven't they? Yeah. 
Exactly. And, of course, if you enjoy a drink like I do, you don't have to give it up, but you should really look at what you're drinking and have at least a couple of nights a week off, off the booze. All right. But what do you reckon? Do you want to go a challenge? Like see if you can go how many how many days do you want to choose? And we'll check in next week. Per week? Well, just for this week. Let's start oh, small I think, steps, Mandy. I think I should go four. I think you should do more days not drinking than you do. So okay. Go four days, maybe right. no drinking. Okay. You hear it, everyone. We're going to check in with Mandy at our next episode. I don't drink every night, though, but they'll probably go two nights not drinking. So I'll up it to four. Okay. All right, we'll check in next week. All right. Have a great week, everyone. See you. See ya. Setting the Table is produced by women like us and informed by the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. As always, our original music is by Gian and Simon, so thank you for that. Don't forget to like us and rate us on places where you listen to your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, where Spotify, else, Mandy? Spotify, you can listen to Spotify. Spotify, Podcast Republic, Google iTunes. Podcasts, iTunes, or you can just download it straight from um, our podcast website. So thanks for listening and we will see you next week.